Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, George. I'm Travis. So that's what that feels like. <laughs> and I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know that was coming. Yeah, no, I didn't good. tell him ahead of time. Hey, so guys, Surprise. Dark Knight Rises, how's everybody doing? Gravy. Are you feeling risen? Yeah. Ooh. Overshare. Well, not that, not, not that kind of rising. <laughs> Are we feeling like, risen? I can still yeah, immediately regret it asking my that car. question. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Uh, now, George, you have seen this before, correct? Yeah. And Travis, I assume you've seen this a few times. Uh, many times. Yeah. I'd, I'd seen it too, once or twice. So, uh, w- once again, we're not talking about a new movie for George, but we are talking about a new vision, uh, you know, 80-something movies in. George, the new movie watcher, seeing this yeah. movie again, new for the first time, with improved vision and uh, better eyes, we hope. And with the background story of, of The Dark Knight that we all were privy to last week. A lot more depth. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to... Actually, there's really not that much. Um, I felt uh, watching it this time almost exactly the same as I felt the first time. Okay. Which was a little bit like meh really? about the whole thing. Yeah. Uh it it crossed over from you know, it begins was so good and and uh the dark knight was so good and then this it kind of it fell into this boring ass superhero movie which you genre, love. right? Which I don't love. Right. But Watching it this time, there was a lot more that I caught just from what I know about Batman that I didn't know the right. first time I watched this. For instance, I had no idea who uh, Talia was. Talia was. Mm-hmm. Like, and now you do. That's a reveal, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. That's a huge reveal if you know who Talia is. And you saw the cartoon, so you right. should have been like, wait, Ra's al Ghul does not have a son. Mm-hmm. But most of the viewers don't know that. Yep. And even I knew that, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that because they had already done the bait and switch from the first movie where it's not technically the cartoon Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like an identity assumed. Yeah, well, I so, didn't realize that because I, I don't know why I, I didn't even think about it, that, he, that Ra's al Ghul didn't have a son, but... um. I did forget that she, like, at the end stabs him, mm. right? And, like, kind of, like, you know, back, did you literally cool backstabs him. Did you about that scene? So that still surprised me this time. Right. But then when she revealed she was Natalia, I was like, oh, duh. Right. Right? But what's cool is the thing about the Joker is he never made eye contact when he killed, if you noticed. Mm. He okay. rarely made eye contact. He was very... yeah. Uh, sporadic, and she, when she jams that into his side, she looks right in his face. Like, oh, yeah. And she I'm twists it. I'm the one who's killing you, and I'm Literal twisted knife. Yeah. Like, to me, that, that was huge. When I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. That's, that's intimate. That's, that's next level shit there. Mm. What she didn't know was that Christian Bale Batman's lower right quadrant is invincible. 
Yeah. <laughs> because he'd already been shot there, didn't mm-hmm. matter. Kicked with a boot with a knife and it didn't matter. Like, we're really not doing a great job with the consequences of Batman's injuries. Go mm-hmm. on, George. Besides the Talia thing, what else did you see new this time? As a more educated viewer. Well, I mean, that was the big thing. I knew right away that the... Oh, I liked the use of the word detective. Mm. Right? Because Gordon basically promotes... I forget it, I forget his name. Robin. Uh, Robin. Robin John Robin. Blake. He, he becomes, John Blake. Yeah, he becomes Robin. Blake. Promotes him and says, you're not, you know, you're not a, an officer anymore, now mm-hmm. you're a detective. And they ref- then they use the word detective when they're referring to him and, and you know, each other. And Gordon was a detective in, Frequently. in Begins, I believe, wasn't he? Or, yes. No, he was an Ross- officer when, he, when the parents were killed, then he was detective, then he, yep. was, then he was... And that's what, that's what Ra's al Ghul refers to Batman as. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it kind of was, you know, it, it was never like Bruce Wayne or Batman being referred to as detective, but I just like the way that they like threw that detective word in there. I felt like it was an homage. Mm-hmm. Well, and it works well because they don't just all of a sudden add a detective ability to this Batman who hasn't had it for two movies. Right. Where right. there would have been some, you know, has there would have been some temptation for the makers to be like, oh, and this is the one where he's finally a detective, and we he was kind of a teach him all these skills that he didn't have. Forensic superhero, but not detective. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of like reconstructing bullets for fingerprints. Yeah, <sighs> but I'm, we didn't talk about that I so mean, much because I didn't want to rag on it, but I really don't care for that part of the Dark Knight. Right, but a lot of the things that he, they kind of make you assume it, like. You can tell he's working with Lucius throughout the three movies, mm-hmm. and they're doing detective type shit, but they're just not boring you with it. It's not a. Right. It's not. I guess even back then they were assuming you don't want to see that. I'm assuming the new movie we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I feel like Batman was always a detective, whether he was referred to as that title or not. He was always doing detective work. He always had intel, right? And he was always, you know, coming through the records of everyone he's you know what i mean you just but you, none like of the you movies said, you ever don't, really touch you don't, on it you don't see it but right. you, you do though because whenever they pull up someone's face they're like oh yeah it's this person this is who they're involved with blah, blah, blah. so they have the intel like but they never wanted to waste the film on it correct like when right. when keaton was batman he did a shit ton of forensic and detective work yeah on the Joker, but you didn't see any of that. Yeah. Like it was just all of a sudden he figured it all out and mm-hmm. here's the, here's the shit. <clears throat> well, in this movie, when, um, Selena is breaking into a safe, mm. well, you think she's breaking into a safe, but she's actually dusting it for finger- fingerprints and he's doing the detective work to figure out what she was doing. Right. Like only a detective knows what she was doing. Right. Right. But they again verbally don't waste the film. Correct, right? To, they just it's, they make you know that he's doing it in his head, and right. that's it. So Batman is absolutely a detective, yes. whether he's referred to that as that title or not. See, we never got the is. Nolan Riddler, which I really wanted. Yeah, because I think that would have been a great uh, script. Because he would of have all. to become a detective yeah. for that to solve all, his just riddles. the mind fuck of it would have been completely yeah. uh, above what the what the Joker did. Yeah, I enjoyed Bane. Really? I hated him in the, f- the first couple times I watched it. I was like, ah, I don't know. I had problems with it because it wasn't the Bane I knew, 
but it was a million times better than the Bane we got. <laughs> like you haven't seen the uh, the Schwarzenegger uh, Batman, but the Bane in that movie is a total waste of of existence. I yeah. actually do a pretty good impression of the Schwarzenegger movie, uh, Batman and Robin Bane. Do if it. you'll indulge me, yes, please. Monkey work. Yeah, he was terrible. He just oh like God. yells his name a bunch and flexes his giant, ridiculous steroid arms. Yeah. Well, they got they did the they so did he's the, so he's like Groot. Yeah, they did mm-hmm, the thing. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. they went and they hired a wrestler, <laughs> but they didn't hire the Rock. They hired like some just meathead. Yeah. To come in and just put a mask on. They didn't. They didn't bother to learn about the character. This. They just they were like, hey Goldberg, we need to. Well, Goldberg would have done a better job. Well, whatever. But. <laughs> the, I was the, just thinking of like the most like buff wrestler that right. nobody really. Like, but this guy isn't even buff. Kind of wa- washed he's up. Just, he's plump. Yeah, he was he's kind of swole. Fluffy. Oh, okay. He's yeah. not. They didn't. They did the whole Bane thing where he gets roided up and he just gets more and more like bulky. Yeah. But it wasn't like Venom muscles chiseled. Right. The Hulk. It was more like he kind of looked like uh, I don't know, like a mechanic. No, okay. Uh, for the sake of George, and also for some of our listeners who probably know the Bane character exclusively from The Dark Knight Rises, right. George, what do you know about the background of comic book Bane? Uh, nothing. Here's what you should know. He was created in the 90s to compete with Batman, essentially to be like the perfect match physically for Batman. Okay. He was a prisoner from like a Latin American country that I think they just made up a name for it it's not like I he's thought it was from... argentina it wasn't argentina no it's it's an island it was fake he's okay. on an island oh, it was an island okay he is powered by venom which is a synthetic steroid that popped up basically originally it was given to batman to like increase his performance and then he like went crazy and grew a beard like you do locked himself in the bat cave <laughs> to uh withdraw from the effects of venom and then was like, no one should ever use Venom. Steroids are bad. And of course, then they introduced Bane, whose whole thing is he's pumped full of this synthetic steroid, but he's super smart like Batman. He's so they just, bring in like Barry Bonds to fight him. But he can regulate it. Like it's, he's it's got like a in. button. He's got a button that he can like Hulk out kind of thing. Mm. And from then on, that button raged. becomes his battering target for yeah. every fight because comic It's books. his kryptonite because yeah, comic books. Gotcha. Just but like a, the mask in this and, movie and the like contra boss elements of Batman just figuring out, oh, this is the button to kill the bad guy. Punch, punch, punch. Ha ha ha. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was getting to. Like, yes, and, just, and it comes apart so uh, so cleanly that it can be put, put back, right back together. together yeah. But not by Bane. Well, because could Who could have, you know, he couldn't obviously just take his thing and put it back together. It had to be Have somebody else. Have you ever had asthma, it. George? When when you're having an asthma <sighs> attack, no, you can't really know. focus on what what the. I mean, I guess also hand. he's getting attacked by a, a human bat. That was my issue. Know? Like they never did the the juicing thing, so then it never became a alternate. Or most Batman villains have dual Two sides. duality. Yep. Uh, so there was never that. So then he didn't have his kryptonite. 
So then it was just a breaking of his mask, which was kind of silly to me. Was making him a, a League of Shadows guy something for this movie, or was yes. that always okay? Was he part of League of Shadows? No, I think no, that was just no, for the wasn't. movie. That was for the movie. That felt like it was uh, probably. Yeah, just no, for I mean this he's movie. he's a great villain, and he's one of the only villains that beat Batman. And that was my other issue, like when when. They never really touch. They never get to that point where you're like, "Oh my Didn't, god, this guy's." How did he beat Batman? So in the original this... comic series called Nightfall, spelled with a K, mm-hmm. uh, night, K, not yeah. fall. <laughs> <laughs> night could fall. Night could fall. <laughs> could fall. So uh, in Nightfall, Bane's master plan is to use uh, basically helicopter-launched missiles to break all the bad guys out of Arkham. And then Batman on like this marathon of crime fighter necessity over the course of many, many, many episodes of the comic book across many different titles, right? Because it's the 90s. We got to sell some books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crossover central. He basically just across a bunch of different titles and uh, authors and, uh, and artists fights all the bad guys again, puts them all back in Arkham. And then when he is most exhausted by all of this crime fighting, Bane, like, pops up in the Batcave, breaks him over his knee, and then, like, pieces out. And it's just like, ha-ha, you're broken. Okay. And that's part one of a three-part kind of situation. Oh, okay. Are you going to tell me the next two parts? In part two, a paralyzed Bruce Wayne basically appoints a guy who had been around a little bit, but he didn't know very well, to be the new Batman. Instead of mm-hmm. Dick Grayson, who's Nightwing, or who was Robin Nights, at that Night- point? Was he Tim Drake? Had to be Tim Drake. Tim Drake, yeah. So he makes his Bat family mad because he overlooks them and appoints the new guy to be Batman. Tommy new guy Gunn. Batman, Jean-Paul Valley, is known as Azrael in the comics. He's a religious yeah. zealot, and he fights with a, like a flaming sword sometimes. When he's Batman, he dresses like Batman, but then pretty soon he's like, Real Batman's not coming back. I'm going to add razor blades and I'm going to yeah. become like a RoboCop kind of looking Batman. The 90s. Very 90s. It was the Batman of mm-hmm. the 90s. And they did it as a test to see if the audience would actually buy more books when it was robotic, silly looking Batman. And not Bruce Wayne. And not regular looking Batman. And then they actually had a part where in the middle of the second uh, arc, new Batman murders a guy. But like, kind of Batman eighty nine style, where it's like, did he kill him or did he just not save him? That's an ethical dilemma. But they wanted to see if the audience was like down with a murdery Batman. Mm-hmm. They weren't. No. So then, in the third part, Bruce Wayne rehabilitates, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> comes back and beats the other Batman, and then he's Batman okay. again. Isn't there a third Batman? Isn't there like Night? Uh... Night's End, I think. That's Night's End is the third part. And then the, the next part, part after that is called Prodigal, where he makes Dick Grayson Batman and pieces out again, inexplicably. So for a little bit, you get Dick Grayson as Batman before Bruce eventually comes back. And the comics are a mess of pulp. I mean, they're always going to keep going, so it's not really gotcha. worth it. But in that little arc that this movie covers, that's kind of your situation, is those Nightfall, Nightfall 2, Night's End. But this movie does it better, I think. I think actually, you know, when you asked me if I knew what I knew about Bane from the comics, and I said nothing, I lied. Um, I think the first time I watched this movie, I might have watched it with you, Travis, or I watched it with somebody who was 
knowledgeable. Right. In the and the scene when, in this movie, when Bane, you know, breaks him. breaks him over his knee, whoever I was watching it with said, in the comic, Bane breaks Batman's back. Yes. Well, in the movie, he breaks his back. Well, but but essentially. not. It's not done in the book. It's like a full two-page spread. It's like. He's right yelling thing. the words "break yeah. you" as he bends him fully, like right. 180 yeah. degrees around the knee, like, kind of like that this one Bears player that got tackled a couple of years ago with the shoulders and bent over completely, like oof. that. You, yeah, yeah. So uh, that that I knew. I like it. Just about the only thing I right. knew. Yeah, I mean it was fan service. Yeah, but for the comic book fan, that's that's the splash page you're looking for in a movie, and they didn't. They didn't do it. Right. They showed it happen, but that scene should have been longer and more two sided. Mm-hmm. But it was almost like watching uh like Rocky in Rocky Three where he's not focused Which and I he just doesn't even get a punch in. Haven't seen yet, right. I don't think. So uh <laughs> the fight was not long enough to yeah. show the destruction of, of him. Like you see the backbreaking, but you don't see the the entire. But then they kind of cover that with, he doesn't kill him. He puts him in the pit, and then he kills him. Uh, he kills a spirit. Kills a spirit. Right. So, his soul. He says. Right. Or no, he tortures his soul. And then, and then you have my permission to die. I really yeah. like right. the fight though between him and Bane and like the sewers because yes, there is no score, good. and so mm-hmm. it just feels awful the whole time. Like it just doesn't feel does. rewarding. I like it that. It's good. And it's I love his speech. Like, when, when, when the, all the exposition, mm-hmm. when he's telling him about, you know, you, you, you've adopted darkness. I was born in it. Like mm-hmm. that, he passes him like three times and doesn't, like, he continues to spin and pass him and, and, then, and then he grabs him by the neck and pulls him out of the shadows. Mm. And it was like, at no point was he ever scared and or, like, it's just, it's such a devastating part Right. They, but they had to do it because he has to be completely decimated for him to be able to do what he does. Because he goes away for almost a, I don't want to say a year, but it's it's a good eight months. Is that how long it is? Yeah. In this movie, that's how yeah. long it was. Yeah, it's pretty long because it's, it's like eight, the six length or eight of that nuclear battery. They'll tell you when they pull the thing off the. Right, right, yeah, right. Oh, right. it's only gonna last a few months, and it's already it's like been a, a little while. A couple seasons go by. It was five months or something. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about one of my problems with this movie. Already? <sighs> well, he brought up the length of the nuclear battery life. I mean, guys, mm. we just Rather started, than... and it's already the best of times, and the worst of times. I have a lot of best to talk about before we go to. But all right, sure. The let's, only one. let's talk about more bests. If that's what you uh, want to do, I I I love, I love. Uh, yes, let's 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 build the listener up before we tear them <laughs> down. Tear let's, them yeah, let's keep I going. I love on the Anne good Hathaway stuff. in this movie. Yeah, I I think she does an amazing job with Catwoman. I agree. Uh, the absolutely and it starts and off completely. at the very beginning when he is interrogating her, mm-hmm. and she looks all scared, and then she just totally changes. She goes, "Oops!" Like it was just like. Mm-hmm. That whole and then that cat and mouse game that they do the whole time and just everything you she mean does. Cat when, and bat game. Cat and bat. Uh, yeah. uh, like when she's sitting at the table and then and then she tricks that that uh, I can't remember the character's name. The guy she wants the uh, she brought the fingerprint to. Mm-hmm. 
And then the very last thing she does after she does all the badass shit is just act like the victim. Right. Screaming. Oh, like, yeah. She's like, so she good. She was so good at just going from zero she's to 60. She's a psychopath. Yeah. So good. She's a sociopath. And, yeah, that's what I meant. And when when <laughs> Bla- when uh, Balake is, uh, is interrogating her and he's like, did they kill him? And she's like, uh, yep. I'm not sure. Like her, the way she delivers lines is everything that Dan yep. was talking about. It about was Gyllenhaal. Like, exactly, just... exactly. And back to that exact scene when he says the name Bruce Wayne. Her reaction to that was, she kind of like her her poker face poker face breaks mm-hmm. unintentionally, right? And well, at least that's the way it was acted. It was acted beautifully, and so it kind of told him that okay, she knows, right? And so I can ask her this question and it's not weird. And her, and dude, she's got like, her eyes get glassy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's she, definitely, she's playing like, two she's like basically like trembling as she says she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So good, yeah. man. I, I, wow. I actually wrote that line down. Uh, yeah. It was it, to me. That's the, I'm not sure. There's she so really, much loaded you know, shit in and that. And you know, she really isn't. Yeah. Cause she didn't realize that. Was gonna happen. She knows it's bad, right. but she's not. Yeah, yeah. And mm. and the other thing was her speech in the dance when they're dancing, and that that whole Marxist, uh, you know, that uh, batten down the hatches. There's a storm coming. She says, "Yeah, there's a storm coming, Mister Wayne." That didn't hit and me. You and your rich friends mm. uh, should batten down the hatches. What, what's the last line she says? Where you can live so high on the uh, high on your horse while the rest of us. Have nothing. I can't remember what she says, but just the way she delivers that little speech, you could feel every ounce of her hatred for those that have more than her mm-hmm. and have put her in a position she's in. Even though nine times out of ten, she probably has made bad decisions as well to put her in that position. So it's like she has hatred for the elites, but and she wants to see them get their 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 due. Yes. But she also the revolution. In, she's also in. She also kind of likes him. Like it's just so. There's so much going on with that character that is missing, even in the Michelle Pfeiffer version, which you, you're going to probably eventually see. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just way more complex, and I'm I'm curious to see how they do her in the new movie too, to see if they give her that complexity or if she's just going to be like one, one dimensional, which she shouldn't be. It's a pretty complex character, but she nails it. She's got good moves too. Yeah, and I, her and high then, kicks, man. And then they Oof. go the comedy route with it towards the end, which I know Dan has issue with. Some people have issue with how it gets kind of lighthearted, comic booky. When in a Nolan movie, it really shouldn't be, but it does get comic booky. Like when she she takes his pod, the bike, and he well, tries to tell her how to ride it. And she's like, "I got it." Like, right? Yeah, I'm on it. Like it kind of feminism kind of thing. Like I got it. I know I'm a woman, but I can do this. Right. So she's kind of putting him in his place, and that's when he says his, uh, so that's what that feels like. So they kind of had like a little bit of one-liner type shit going no, no, on. No, no, no. Mm. She says that, he says that when she leaves him on the roof when, during the oh, first after encounter. The fight, after the fight, that's right. And he does the, so that's what that feels like, which is like, right. boy, howdy. This movie feels like the last one for sure. Like they're just throwing yeah. anything up there that'll fit uh, or stick or... Make a producer laugh. It felt I don't different know. enough to me. No, Dan, Dan, we're not done building. The oh, right, we gotta up. say it's good. We gotta say this. <laughs> or, or are we? I don't know. Here's some things I did I, like. Uh, hey, George, did you notice at the beginning that your blue 
has been replaced by white, and now it's a black and white movie motif the whole time. Like from uh, the jump, no. the bat symbol at the beginning, it's all black and yeah, white, stark contrast. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah. Yeah, the whole I movie, it's I lots didn't. of snow and darkness and black and mm-hmm. white yep. and light and dark and Black pit and white and contrast, not, you're right. Uh, yeah. The ice. Yeah, They're the hitting final, it hard, but it looks the good. The final I mean, act happens in broad daylight, which yeah. is not really a Batman movie. Either. Nope. It's a sharp looking movie though. And it has some of the most like over the top. This is both a good thing and a bad thing. It has some of those over the top action sequences of the whole franchise. And it has a lot of them. And they're beautiful. Like everyone mm-hmm. is beautifully shot. The lights in the police chase scene at the toward the beginning when Batman mm-hmm. first reemerges. Oh, you're going to have fun tonight. Or was that the cop, cop is hilarious. You're in for a big treat. You're in yeah, for a show for, tonight, son. Show tonight. That's right. And then, God, okay, so <laughs> I don't love the, that's what that feels like line at all, but I do love the uh, the part where he's cornered and he flies out in the bat, and the funny cop says the one thing, but then John Blake's just like, are you sure it was him? <laughs> right. I mean, that's good. That's a good line from a character who should be funny. I think I just right, don't right. want Batman to be funny. Well, he kind of does, I guess, when he finally emerges back and the cop's like, oh, you're in for a treat. Uh, and then that one cop shoots him and he kind of gives him that over the shoulder look like, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. Like, yeah. I, I was fine with that, too. Like, yeah. there was a lot of little, it was almost like no one's like, okay, I did my serious, I just had Two-Face try to kill Gordon's son. Now I'm going to have a little bit more fun. I don't know, but this movie's not necessarily fun. Although at one point it does look like Bane is raising Ninja Turtles. I'm I'm into that. Yeah, I think it like even right. when they're at the ba- the football stadium, like the great. the kid is singing like a choir song, and Bane's like he's got a beautiful voice. He's like it's singing just, the national anthem. Yeah, but he's like singing it as like a choir, in a choir boy, yeah. choir boy as angelic. like a, like a castrati. Yeah, and and I don't know. I think Bane has a lot of one liners that aren't like Jim Carrey one liners, but they're definitely. Yeah. Uh, but then he takes the real heavy ones. He does what Anne Hathaway does, like when. When he's meeting with Dagger, and and he's like, "Do you feel in charge?" Yeah. Like, do you he, feel in charge? Yeah, that's a good line. Charge? That's a like, that's a great line because line. he touches him on the shoulder, but he doesn't like grab his shoulder and like like a like mm-hmm. a forceful. He just, he just lays his hand upon. Just him. lays his hand on him. It's like it's it's there's acting in this movie going on that's for a superhero movie is is pretty pretty epic. I think. No, it's, it's got a lot of great actors. I mean, just the fact that they were able to talk uh, Marion Cotillard, or however you say her name, uh, Miranda in this movie, like a mm-hmm. real deal top-tier French actress in a superhero movie. But like next to right. Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, I mean, Matthew Modine yeah. is in this Matthew movie. Uh, yeah. So I guess we've got a Joker in this one, too. Hey, George. Joker. Yeah. Hey, Did Joker. you recognize the... Uh, <laughs> The Mario cop Brando. who, toward the end of the movie, is like afraid to come to the door, and then he puts on his dress uniform and fights along with the mob to fight the bad guys. You remember that guy? The one who he decides not to chase Argue Bane. With Garden. I remember. He, I remember the. I remember yeah. the character. Am I supposed to recognize him from another movie? Uh, you, He's the one that sees the bridge on fire and sees the bat signal in the in the uh-huh. bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he was in a. I mean, it's an art house movie. You've probably never seen it. Oh uh, my god. It's actually kind of two movies, but he's in both of yeah. them. He's in both. Have you ever seen um, uh, Full Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. Private Joker. 
Is it? Yeah. Huh. Let me see a war face. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> it doesn't man. scare me. Work on it. <laughs> Work on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so you've got a Joker in this movie, uh, sort of. And then, of course, Joseph Gordon Levitt, who you've seen before, uh, getting a hockey skate into his face. Mm. He was he was oh, good yes, in this too. He's real yeah. good, man. I like him a but lot. But I, like I said in the Dark Knight episode, I I really think he was wasted. They were never going to recast like, the Joker, man. I didn't want them to recast him. I wanted to. When I like I said, when I saw him casted. I'm like, oh, okay. They're going to do like some kind of an Arkham scene where he goes and he talks to the Joker. Maybe the Joker doesn't talk back. That's casting, but at least I know, but I don't <laughs> see what the problem is. <laughs> they're not, it's not a problem with that. When the guy wins an Oscar and passes away, they're not going to immediately replace him. There's just no they way. Could, they they're, could visually put him sitting in the background they, or something. They wouldn't, though. They, they have too much like respect for him to do that, I think. These guys. I think this he would have loved it. Set of, I, I mean, we'll have to ask know. him, but uh, there was no way. The thing is, when Heath Ledger passed away, all the plans for the third movie got thrown away, as far as I can right. tell, the trail of the Joker stuff. Um, unless they were going to try to wrap it into this plot line, but I just can't imagine. They had to start fresh. And in a lot of ways, now, George, uh, let me hear what you think about this. Yeah. I would argue that The Dark Knight Rises is a direct sequel to Batman Begins in structure. Like, it happens to follow the Dark Knight chronologically, but as far as the story that's being told, it's all referential to Batman Begins, other than the little bits about Harvey Dent. I was, that's the only thing that, that you couldn't use. So technically, this should have been the second movie, and then the third one would have been with the Joker. Well, I just think this is just a part, like, I think this is when they said we can't touch what we just did right. because we can't match the Joker. So let's do one bring in Bane, this heavy-hitting bad guy, but let's draw it back to the first one, because really the Dark Knight, to its credit, is not a bunch of rehashing of the first one. No. They got all their rehashing out here. No, yeah, that's exactly true. And I feel like the Dark Knight was a movie that, even without Begins, um, can stand on its own totally. You don't need Begins at all. And this movie could not. It needs Begins. In order for these plot lines, and well, and it needs the Dark Knight for these pl- plot lines well, yeah. to work. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of callbacks. Right. Especially, well, I mean, it, you could probably do without the Harvey Dent stuff and make it a sequel to, but well, you definitely, definitely depend on Begins the for only this movie reason to work. I, the only reason I think they even needed the Harvey Dent stuff was to explain why he's been out of commission for eight years. Because technically, if they took away all the, the, the Dent Act stuff, then they could have maybe had him get had Batman get injured, Bruce get injured, and was out of commission. So you really don't. They just it was like a plot point to make it why Gotham has been basically crimeless for so long that they didn't need Batman because they really technically he was in retirement. Like he yeah. wasn't. And they also used it as a as a plot device for uh for a Bane to use to discredit. Uh, Gordon. Gordon and, yeah. Yeah. Which just seems like an element of convenience, right? Because there's no way that he can foresee getting that speech. It's a weird flex because it does become pivotal to his, like, public presentation. Mm -hmm. Did he not have a speech prepared? Like, was he not ready with that part? Or did he just, like, workshop it a bit and then throw it away and go with Gordon's speech because it was more effective? It's very strange. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's the point where he gets he gets more depth than he really needs because he had already done the the stadium, he'd already done the stock market. He's basically a terrorist, but he's a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So he believes is what he's he, doing though? is right. Well, in his I think in his mind, I he's think a revolutionary. he I think he falls into the. I I think so, I think Ra's al Ghul this uh excommunicated him for a good reason because he is what I describe as someone who just wants to watch the world burn. Yeah, but right? Yeah, but he's not like the Joker where he just does things to be chaotic. Yes. I think he believes in what he's doing. He's the ultimate schemer. I think he believes in everything he's doing. So he's kind of yeah, but uh, but hold on though. Like, Razogul was like, okay, we're gonna get in there, we're gonna destroy the city because that's what needs to be done. Right. He's inflicting psychological torture on the city mm-hmm. for no reason. Because he's a he can pop that button and blow up that Absolutely. bomb at. He could have done it immediately, but he wasn't. He didn't because he had to. Because you had flex. to have hope in order for despair. To exist, right? So he's on another level. He's not. He's a. He's on a different level than Razagul. Like I kind of looked at that. him as the difference between him and Razagul was Razagul wanted to wipe the the slate clean and start over, like basically destroy the city mm-hmm. and start over. I yes. think Bane wanted to more like a dictator wanted to control mm-hmm. the yep. city, but he needed the people, just like old days of of conquer. Like, you need to, when you conquer, you need the people that you've conquered to do your dirty work, basically. So, I think he needed the people to unseat he needed, the, he, the What elites. he needed to be was a Mark Antony. But he didn't, no. I, I just don't <laughs> think he had the capability <laughs> no, he, of being Mark Antony. You know, like, think, he had to you know, take over and have the people on his side so he had to give a kick-ass speech. Well, and yeah. here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. I think that there's a couple of things you have to keep in mind when assessing Bane. The first thing is he's essentially the Ra's al Ghul stand-in to Miranda, who is also Talia. Right. So I think you have to remember that she is on a revenge mission, and Bane's feelings, whether they're his own or whether they're what's being you know given Her to him orders. as orders from right. Miranda slash Talia, he did enjoy passionately what he was doing, though. So it didn't seem like orders to me with him. Well, but he, he was, was also like a, he was pleasing her, right? So what is true. their relationship? Is he a masochist who enjoys watching people suffer, or does she want the whole city to suffer because they killed her dad? Right. And it's personal this time. I don't know. I, I think it's it's confusing on purpose. Like uh, like you said in the last movie, he Nolan borrows the imagery of nine eleven. To mm-hmm. in, in basically inflict memories on the viewer, mm-hmm. and then with this movie they do the same thing with the blowing up of the bridges and all that stuff. But he also go the, at that time period goes after the uncomfortableness of the you know the anarchy that was going on at the time too with the the occupy this and get rid of the elites and take from the rich, give to the poor like this. But I know his intention wasn't to have that Marxist. Uh, elites versus the the regular folk narrative. Uh, it's not there on per like it's not there as his driving force. It's kind of a 
a plot device. Yeah, I wouldn't for say the that Catwoman's character. I wouldn't say that Nolan is necessarily like no, like su- like supporting or no, he wasn't. But he was that. borrowing the imagery of that that time. Like I don't know if you remember how it was. But I remember when I watched this movie, it was it seemed like it could happen if the wrong people got into power or get access to something like just just to blow up four bridges on an island and then just take that island hostage to me is not a superhero movie type thing that's something that could happen in the world that an organized terrorist organization could maybe do right so he took that thought and he put it in this movie because the viewer would kind of watch it uncomfortably and say you Mm -hmm. know what yeah this is a superhero movie but the this could happen if you let your guard down. Yeah. And then the whole imagery of them going into the, the brownstones and pulling the rich people out from underneath their beds and pulling them out in the street. Like, that's all something. That all reminded me of the uh, French Revolution. Yes, which is, this, this is based a little bit on Tale of Two Cities. I think, a very, so. I think very much so, the yeah. French Revolution. Absolutely. Like, when, like, the hearings were one of my favorite mm-hmm. parts, and I love how uh, uh, the judge... or. Can't Kill, really, Murphy. Can't even really call him a judge. Uh, <laughs> oh, I do have a story for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love how Scarecrow is the, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to say judge, but he's really not. I mean, I guess he is. He's judge. There's dread, no, there's basically. no judge. It's just you're, you know, you're here because you're already here because right. you're you're guilty. So death by, yeah, or you know, is it is is it death or is it banishment? Right. Right. So Exile. Like, they, Exile. they took the they took the death or bunta joke. And they turned it into a, a real situation in this movie. It made me laugh but, but when I watched but it. But isn't that exactly what they did in yes. France during the revolution? They took the uh, they took their 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 bourgeoisie, right? Mm-hmm. And they put them on a fake trial, basically, just for show, just and to just to them put them on. Square. And then they cut their heads off with a guillotine. Right. Like that's what they did. And that's and I think the imagery of it, like him just be, what was he what was he stacked on? It was like. The desk was up high, stacked yeah. on like desks or something, was, stacked up or whatever. Isn't that like what they did? Yes. Like they just filled the no, streets they, with that, furniture it, this and is definitely the stu- French Revolution, dude. Definitely, the imagery was so so good. Well, and then the big but, fight at the end and the cannons shooting into crowds, like very yeah, whiff uh-huh. of grape shots, you know, like yep. But the the death or bunta, I I literally laughed in the theater because that joke when this movie came out was fresh in my mind. Did you ever hear that joke? No. I don't know if I want to. Maybe that'll be our after credits okay. story. I'll do the death or bunta joke. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> I I just had to laugh, and I was like the only person in the theater laughing. <laughs> but I just started laughing because I was like, oh my god, they're doing the death or bunta joke, <laughs> and they did. Now there's something Can't interesting with this. Uh, the way this movie begins uh, with the CIA. Uh, and the nuclear scientist and the hooded man who turns out to be the masked man who turns out to be in charge of the situation. A couple of things that we didn't really talk about in the first two Batman movies here, but we should have uh, probably addressed it. Did you notice there's no federal law enforcement or federal anything? Like Mm. in the first two movies, it's like there's a mayor and that's about as high as it goes. Yeah. Well, I guess because all the corruption that was in the city... They probably kept a lot of things under wraps. You can't control the federal law enforcement as much as you can control the local law enforcement. I think it's just for the kind of expedient storytelling. Like at some point you're going to have a vigilante go to Hong Kong 
kidnap a man, violate his civil liberties or civil rights, depending on how you want to phrase it. But, you know, you have a vigilante cross international borders, commit some kind of international crime, drop I mean, a guy kidnap off. kidnap him for sure. And then, like, the he feds aren't there, aren't feds involved? Like, <laughs> nobody's coming around, the like, asking, hey, who's this guy with this budget that just kidnapped our enemy number one? Hmm. I mean, Rico itself is, like, you know, kind of a but federal... But isn't that a DC thing in general? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on in... I mean, I listen, dude, I'm not going to sit here and defend it. You're absolutely right. No, he's right. Like, but I'm like, at least in the Marvel universe, they do address that. And the the, yeah. the Avengers are constantly being... Uh, pulled into hearings and stuff. And they do that in the Justice and, yeah. League movie. Like, other movies do have federal... Im- it's just, it's odd that... The Dark Knight needed a little bit more, and really Batman Begins would have benefited from some. So to like make this choice that the Gotham we live in doesn't have anything above like a mayor and the police commissioner, but then to start this movie off and be like, we're escalating to the CIA is interesting. Mm. Um, if nothing else, because that Aiden Gillen guy who's in... Gian, how do you say his last name? I don't care. He's on Game of Thrones, <laughs> I think, isn't he? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to know the guy, probably. If I do, I'll ask him then. Friend of the show. Friend, future <laughs> friend of the show, Aiden Gian. I'll say Gian. That sounds right. Uh, who's on Game of Thrones, I think. I don't watch that show, but I'm told he is. When he says, hi, I'm CIA, the first thing I said, hi, CIA, I'm dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that moment took me yeah. out of the movie for the whole viewing this time. But it is interesting yeah. that all of a sudden we have a president and an air force and special forces. It's almost the the line is almost delivered like crap my ass. Crap my ass. Crap my ass. See, I never thought of this because Batman movies tend to not have they never really touch on the government. Like, when you're watching a Superman movie, when you watch a Christopher Reeve movie, yeah. he ends up at the White House, he's, mm-hmm. at, like, even with the uh, the uh, Batman versus Superman, or <laughs> Superman, um, the, what's his name? Cavill. The Henry Cavill uh, Superman, the more oh, recent ones, the okay. Snyder ones. He ends up at hearings in D.C. because Metropolis is closer to D.C. than New York is. Now, in Snyder's world, Metropolis is just across the river from from Gotham, which doesn't make sense. But, you know, D.C. is, like, where some of the characters are, and then they're kind of spread out. So Superman kind of interacted with the government more than Batman did. They rarely... Yeah, FBI did show up a lot in the comics, but you rarely saw any kind of government yeah. involvement in Gotham. And you could tell they weren't really like uh, firing on all cylinders in this movie. No. Who? The CIA. The CIA, the Special Forces, the President, the Air Force. Right. Well, in their defense, they're dealing with probably... I I looked at it when I watched it. I looked at it as they are ill-equipped to deal with the biggest city in the world being held hostage. Which we just lived through. Right. So it's not so far-fetched. Right. It's not far-fetched at all. Even still, probably. But even but... when this came out, I remember watching it thinking, okay, everybody who's trained to do their job has been basically tricked and trapped on the ground. <laughs> In the mm-hmm. And then you have your the, the ones that got out or you know, basically trying to 
it's almost like they went back in time. Like medieval times are trying to converse with each other with chalk markings. Like they're just, it's, it, they weren't equipped to deal with this. They weren't expecting it and it happened and now they have to deal with it. And then they're trying to infiltrate with CIA agents that are undercover, pretending to be Gotham Special residents and they don't know who to trust. Like to me, I, it didn't bother me because I knew there was a lot going on because you don't know who to trust. Like you don't know who's running these little pockets. No, dude, freaking, yeah. So it never... every everyone that Bruce Wayne trusted in this movie was, yeah, you know, even on him. even Selena Kyle, like she. There's three or four times in this movie you're made to trust her, but do you ever really trust her because of what she did to him? And he keeps trusting her for no logical reason. Because I think he sees himself in her, and I think she yeah. sees herself. <laughs> I in bet him. he does. Hey now, hey now, hey, hey, oh. <laughs> Um, it's the mask. That's why. It, yeah, and that's that's why that one of... scene is so good, where I'm she's sure. like, "You don't owe them anything, or you've given them enough." And he's like, "Not everything." No, she so says, "You've given them everything." Everything. And he said, "Not yet." Not yet. And it's like they work well as a team because they are the same person. They just have different tactics. Dark Knight Rises is weird because I can spend ten minute segments of the movie thinking that everyone is bad at their jobs as actors. And then there will be like a five-minute part that is like so well-acted that I forgive the last ten minutes. But then they do it again. And it's just inconsistent across the board. There's these little bits where I just, in my notes, I was like, I think Michael Caine is acting like this because he's mad that all the other actors are doing a bad job as he's acting more and more frustrated at the beginning. It's just like, (laughs) man, why is he the only one who can hit the mark? Mm. I don't know, but then, you know, it picks up once, basically once you get to the hospital with Wayne, it's like, okay, now, Mm -hmm. now it's a good movie. Now we're doing the thing. Well, they had, (sighs) they tried to do that whole uh, Batman Beyond thing in the beginning and it wasn't working because in the cartoon Batman Beyond, uh, the old man Bruce and the young Terry, was it Terry McGillis? Um, you get that meeting and that that exchange in this movie it was not an old bruce it was just kind of like a dilapidated uh, bruce he was a, just a beat up bruce he was beat up really. bruce and and i i didn't see much bad acting coming from Anne hathaway so it's like she's that scene was awkward because he was i don't know he wasn't that good let and me, then she let, was great in it and let me ask you a question about the uh the doctor scene when he's told that he has no cartilage in his knees and he's got severe this and severe that wait wasn't that a comedian that was the doctor in his it's movie? the Listen, reno 911 guy nah that's exactly that's, who it is, that's yeah. exactly <laughs> now you guys <laughs> are off. always on me because i don't recognize anyone from anything but i recognize that yeah. guy and i was like he is not wearing booty shorts. He's not, and he's not. <laughs> but uh, I new still recognize him. Right. It's a shame was he wasn't new boot goofing. That would have made it better. <laughs> yeah, he's, just new boot goofing. He's great in seventeen again. I'm sorry. That's yeah, a guilty I, def- I recognize him, and I was like, it just. I mean, I'm, I've never seen him act any part besides the goofy cop from Reno 911. Yeah. Did you ever see Seventeen again with uh, no. Zac Efron? No. It's kind of one of those switcheroo movies. Okay, but he plays like the best friend, and he's like a man child, and he's hilarious. Yeah, 
I love that guy. I think, yeah, I just, uh, he's just hilarious. He's a, he's a funny dude. And him and Zach Efron are good together. Like, I hear Zach Efron is pretty funny. Their timing's really good. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> George, do you happen to watch a little show? Um, kind of niche. Probably not one that anybody's heard of, but have you ever seen Ted Lasso? I have heard of Ted Lasso, but I've never watched it. It's an HBO show, isn't it? Apple TV. Apple, Apple TV, TV, that's what it is. Have you seen it, Travis? I know of it. I've seen some of it. I've never sat down and watched it, but I have seen some scenes and stuff from it. It I might know a bunch be of people that love it. the best show on TV. But okay. Juno Temple has like her star turn in Ted Lasso. She's been in a bunch of stuff over the years. She's the friend, like the roommate of uh, Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. And now she's like super duper famous and she helps carry Ted Lasso, the show, not the man. Um, mm-hmm. but this is one of her earlier roles. So when it, when she popped up today, I went, Oh my God, it's Keely. And then I, you know, went back to is hating. It the parts show? Oh, and her name is Keely. Yeah. And her name is Keely. That's cool. the show with a uh, Sudeikis, right? Yes. He's the, he's the yeah. main guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. To me, the worst actor in the movie was the person you brought up as being like this elite actress. The woman playing Talia was great. Some scenes and some scenes she was not great, but I didn't care until the end. When she died, I was like, whoa. Her death scene has become like infamous on the internet. Oh my God, I don't so know bad. why everybody hates it so much. I don't love it. Because she doesn't die. But it's like... <laughs> no one dies like that? Something about her like, Ugh, as she closes her eyes and throws her head forward, I think just turns people off. I don't know. It's just robotic. I, I didn't like it. She's a really good actress, but I don't know. I mean... <laughs> that death scene, though. Everything else in that movie's fine. She's great. But that that that's that's the killer. That's your death scene. Yeah, and a major major character too, but now yeah. when did you, Travis, figure out that she was Talia? Uh I it was a Shyamalan moment. I was so busy watching and they did this on purpose. I was so busy watching Bane and what he was doing. They just did it at the right time. They brought her in just at the right times. The only time I got a little suspicious about her, but I never thought of her as Talia, was when they slept together and he saw that scar on her, on her back. Yeah. I was like, wait, that means something, and I'm not really sure why that means something. And then it supposedly Bane has the same scar on his face, but I didn't notice his face because the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm trying to uh, figure out what he's saying. What does the scar mean? It's it's a branding from the pit. Okay. But it's like, uh, first time watching this movie, I was so, con- you know me. <laughs> I don't like, if I can't understand somebody. No, I'm right, like yeah. so like concentrating on what he's saying because I couldn't understand him. Problem is the he theater. doesn't have any lips. Right. But in the theater, it's the, you have the Dolby surround sound. You have all these different things. So he's like, that, that thing he's doing, uh, it took a while to really get used to his cadence and what he was saying and all that stuff. So I was so concentrating on what he was saying that I never even thought about what she was doing. She, they they did it perfectly. It's a weird, it's a weird thing where you have this, this vocal fry in the back. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. But when you watch him, he, you can tell it's, it's the same kind of choice that Ledger makes 
He chose a he chose a voice change that he can play with and make a character out of, but that muzzle just kind of took away some like if I think if Ledger was wearing a muzzle, you wouldn't get all those little nuances that he was doing. And, no, absolutely. And not, yeah. uh Hardy was doing those same nuances, but he was doing them with a muzzle. So which is of, difficult. Right. Like when he's talking that that whole scene with with Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne when he's telling him, you know, uh, you have my permission to die, he's saying some really awesome shit in that thing, and you're just like, I gotta rewind this because I have no idea what he just said. Mm. And it's when you're in a the theater, it sucks. When you have a yeah. DVD, you can watch it a bunch of times. But yep. now, George, that did scene, you know the opening scene's the same way? Did you guys know that they re-recorded all of his dialogue? No. Because mm-hmm. if you had been me. In 2010, 2000, no, 2000, early 2012, maybe late 2011, they released the first scene of this movie as a teaser, just like they had the bank heist with Dark Knight. If you mm-hmm. went to an IMAX film theater, so I had to drive all the way from Kansas City up to Omaha mm. with my wife. She's a Nebraska? Yeah. Uh, so my wife <laughs> rode with Omaha me. In your... We drove all the way to Omaha, Omaha! Nebraska. To go to an IMAX theater to watch the opening of this movie, and then also Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which was fine. Mm. Then we stuck around and watched the Dark Knight scene again and drove home, so she's a saint for doing like seven hours or eight hours of car time. stole? (laughs) I didn't watch the movie twice, I just watched the preview Uh, twice. uh, mm -hmm. But Ghost Protocol is pretty good, as far as those go. But anyway, guys, the dialogue for Bane, if you go back and watch this one, I think the only line that survives is when he says, crashing this plane. Mm. It was unintelligible. Yeah. And I was just like, man, it would be so ballsy if they keep it like this and just go Passion of the Christ and give me subtitles anytime he talks. <laughs> it would it would sounded so yeah. much cooler, guys, because it was recorded. You could tell they did it live, a lot yeah. of it. And so instead of being like, let me see if I can do this. Because it was gurgled. I think I heard it, too. It was a little gurgled, too. It was yeah. bass, so, but it had a gurgle to it. The thing about the re-record is they... Came in real low. And so like mm-hmm. on your subwoofers, you get a lot of action if you're listening to this in the theater. The original was more shrill and shrieky. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to try this. Let's see. I'll cut this out if it sucks. Instead of being like this, it was a lot like this. Yes. Yes, I remember. It was awesome. Yeah, it was good. It sounded scary. Like it was menacing. Like, and not like a ooh kind of way. More like an uh oh. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're in danger yeah. with this man around, like manic. I hate that they had to redo it. I wish that they would do uh, like a DVD option where I could switch to the other mm-hmm. one just for me. I don't know why they would ever do that just for Dan, but guys, that's if you're a, listening. That's interesting. No, I think that's an interesting thing and that more than just Dan would want to listen to or mm. see. Yeah. It was cool, but it was ballsy and it just. It was too. It was one bridge too far for the producers, I think. So they made him switch it. But so anyway, uh, Travis, uh, you figured out Miranda was actually Talia when she stabbed him. So I, you want to hear what I figured out? She was Talia. Yeah. When I saw an when she, article when before the movie came out, and they <laughs> oh, said fuck. that oh. this big name actress is playing a new character named Miranda Tate, uh. I'm like, God damn it, it's Talia. It's the same thing when they were like, 
oh, hey, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to play John Blake, a hardened detective. And I'm like, okay, he's either John Paul Valley or he's John Dick Grayson. Like, it's got to be either Robin <laughs> or Azriel. So by the time I went right. to see this movie, I knew everything that was going to happen in this movie just from the previews and from my own research. And then you went to the filming of it, too. And then I'm in the damn thing. And I, I swear, guys, <laughs> this movie, I've it. never come out of a theater having been that excited and having so many boxes checked by a movie's performance, I'm still feeling just like, eh. Eh. You know what I'm going to equate yeah. that to? And I, I feel you. When I went to see the new Spider-Man. Which one? There's been a lot of new the, Spider-Mans. The, the, newest, the newest one. Oh, the, the one, one with all the Spider-Mans? Yeah. Spoiler alert. They released a picture been, of them all on set it's pointing while, at each yeah. other, so I don't feel um, that good. Okay. I haven't seen it when, yet, though. No when they released, when that movie came out, I, had, I was excited, but they had already put out trailers and showing that the Goblin was in it and that Doc Ock was in it. Mm-hmm. That already ruined any surprise they were going to do. Right. I'm already sitting there going, okay, they have the Goblin, they showed... Uh, octopus they showed they showed alfred molina in the trailer talking so it's alfred molina from the toby Maguire movies we got uh we already know that willem dafoe's in it so they didn't just tease it we know he's in it and then they show uh jamie fox and they show uh i can't remember the guy who plays sandman but they showed them all i'm like they have to be in this movie yeah they wouldn't do that so when I watched it and it happened, it finally happened on the screen, people started reacting like they didn't expect it. And I'm like sitting there going, dumbasses. Yeah. Why else are would you, they have done that? Are you under a rock? Right. Are you Listen, stupid? dude, I don't like Spider-Man movies. I don't like any superhero movies generally. Right. And I knew Tobey Maguire right. was in that movie. It was a great it experience like, because it's something, it was a good fan service. It's something that. Sure. You wanted to see because you knew the Spider-Verse existed from the cartoon and they had taken Peter Parker's from different worlds. Mm-hmm. So you knew seeing it in live action would be sweet. What would have made it amazing was not showing the Goblin. Now, you don't have to tease anything in the Spider-Man trailer. Everybody's going to go see it. Right. Everyone. It's like they forgot that they have it. the number one movies in right. the world. Oops. You could have, you could have <laughs> Tom Holland read... <laughs> the phone book <laughs> in the costume and as, half as the preview right as the preview and people are like oh god i can't wait to see that <laughs> so why would you th- show that i don't know now to me it's it's bad marketing because now people are expecting stuff the surprise is gone yeah if you didn't show any of that shit and freaking a Spider-Man came out of the portal and took his mask off and it's friggin' Andrew Garfield and you had no idea that any of them were in this movie, mm. it would have been ridiculous. Like, they, people would still be screaming in the theater a month and a half ago. Like, still sitting in the theater trying to recover from the fact that they <laughs> just saw all three of these guys on the screen together. Yeah. Because it was something you never would have expected because it's two different movie studios, it's legalities, this, all this crap. So... To go back to what Dan was talking about, like when you find that shit out, it doesn't matter how good the movie is. You're gonna be, you're gonna be meh, right? You're just going to be meh. And it's a shame that a he went to see the filming at the th- at the stadium, so he knew 
they blow the stadium up. He knew that who Bane, who the villain was. Well, and I heard Bane's like, voice. I was you know, right. the first group of anyone to hear, and it was different than the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot different live. And I remember we were all excited, right? Because we know like Bane's gonna. And we should. I should tell this as a separate thing, but uh, I'll just tell you, he does his first line. And I turned to my buddy who came with, with me all the way from Kansas City to Pittsburgh on our own buck just to do this. And we both looked at each other like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But on the flip side, they're doing it right with the Doctor Strange because they're saying they, they basically showed a character in the trailer. They showed one. And that was it. So now everybody's going, okay, they got that guy. Who else did they get? Mm. So the tease is different. They did it right this time because now they're not showing anything that's a surprise. Well, see, and then I have hopes that this Flash movie might exactly. cross over more than just Keaton as Batman. Right. But I'm intentionally not going to watch anything, just like with the Batman. I mean, that movie comes out. By the time this episode comes out, we'll be right around the time the movie comes out. Right. I'm not watching any trailers again. I, I saw the first trailer once to make sure it looked good. It does. Yes. And that's it. I'm just not going to look at any more stuff. So I'm going to enjoy that movie, even if it's not as good as this one, because it'll be fresh. I just think it's a good fresh take on the character, so it's going to be enjoyable anyway. The only thing that'll kill it for me is if it's just badly done. Yeah. But that guy's a good movie maker, right? People like his Planet of the Ape movies, so he'll be all right. Oh, yeah. But it does. It has that old film noir feel. It has, you know, that detective feel. Well, you know what it kind of has for an aesthetic feel from this, like the trailer kind of has like a Neo Jalo feel. Okay. Which years ago, years ago I was sitting there in, uh, in my house in Rolla before we started this podcast. And I was just, I knew that the the stuff was coming out. They were going to be casting. They were going to be picking a director. And I had heard rumors names and I posted on the, the book of faces. I said, guys, here's how I want the next Batman movie to be. And I posted the picture from deep red, of the two characters standing across from each other in that big plaza, the Mm. Piazza CLN or whatever in Turin. I said, this is your aesthetic, right? It's dark, it's gothic, but it's black and it's red. And I want this to be the next Batman movie. Make it a Jalo, make it a whodunit and give me violence and fear and a guy with a cape. I think you're getting all, I think I'm getting this. And so I'm very excited, but I'm trying to measure my expectations. And the guy that's playing the Riddler is like one of my favorite actors, so it should be interesting. Yeah, so we're hoping for good things. I was kind of hoping I for good be. things with my rewatch of Dark Knight Rises today, but I don't, I don't hate it. I I like it more the more I watch it, but I I think the more I watch it, the more I skip things too. I like it less the more I watch it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a for me that there's a lot going on like dan said earlier there's a lot of action and and every piece is is beautifully shot and beautifully done but there is a lot like a lot going on mm-hmm. and and not just plot wise but like action wise you know just i mean from the opening scene when they like when they hijacked a plane and like you you can't just hijack a plane and then like parachute off of it like you got to like attached to it and do this and do that and break it up. And like, it it was just weird. Mm. You know what I mean? 
and there was other things like that too say for instance with the reactor right the uh when bruce hands it over to uh miranda mm-hmm. right and she at first doesn't want to take it after the movie ends i'm like that didn't make any sense should have taken it then she should have just taken it right away and been like i understand blah 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 the fact that, that she even hesitated a little bit just to throw you off the scent was like that was rude. Well, maybe because the master plan wasn't just to uh, get the weapon; it was also to destroy legacies. So maybe uh, everything wasn't in place for her to take the weapon. To take it, yep. I okay. Don't know. Also, here's another thing. A part of the plot was to get the core back to the reactor so that it could be stabilized right. and it wouldn't explode, right? Right. If I'm Bane or Miranda or Talia, rather, and I remove the core from that reactor, I'm flooding that chamber immediately. I'm not waiting to do that. Okay. But let me tell you something. If you are Bane, which you're not, I hate to tell you, but if you were, <laughs> if you were up to Bane's level and up to Miranda's level, and you don't flood the reactor yet, you know that you've left it available for the. You know it's become like the thing they're gonna head toward, right? So you control their reaction, whether they've thought about it. Like you're a step ahead, because that's the only place they can take it. So as long as they think that they're getting it there you've got a chance to direct them. If you've flooded it already, they're going to try to get it off the island right away. You've changed their plan. Okay, but can you flood it and and they don't know that it's been flooded and they get there and realize it's been flooded? I don't know, man. That's like movie stuff. Like the, I, okay, that one, fine. I'm going to chalk that <laughs> I one have up another, to movie stuff. <laughs> I, have stuff. Another, uh, I have another complaint about the reactor and the core. The... This the just with the the way it was presented, it could have just been written di- a little bit differently, and it would have been it, this issue wouldn't have occurred. The problem, the reason why we have to get it back to the reactor is because it's unstable, right? And it could explode at any time because it's unstable. But then, but well, that was the story I was told. And then I, what I got was a ticking time bomb that is going to explode at an exact moment. Okay, so a that couple of changed, things. You, and I didn't understand why, and I didn't like it. You were an electrician, right? Yeah. So I would have thought you would have hung up on the fact that they are creating power with a fusion reaction, but it has to be plugged in to maintain the reaction? That doesn't make any sense. Um, Like... That's like trying to use the wind from a I have to consult I have a I have a friend that's that's very, very uh into nuclear energy. Okay, find out. Find out from our, our mutual friend. Because I am interested to know, like well, is yeah, that just like a, some is that a violation of some very like basic law of physics, or is there some way that you could like pseudoscience your way out of it without me just rolling my eyes? I don't know how I don't I don't really know exactly how it works. I mean, something has to uh start the 
the process. There has to be some kind but of catalyst. But this is fusion, not fission, of, right? So we've never seen this before. And I guess that's where you could chalk it up. Like, we don't well, even have that yet because we haven't figured out how to plug it into the grid to power the thing that keeps it from... I don't think that makes sense. Well, any. I think we haven't... I think the problem is we haven't been able to do it in controlled temperature. Yeah, I mean, I think... That's the problem. If I understood it correctly, but, I think we've done the fusion reaction a couple of times, but just not in a in a nice way. Just, right, just not in a way that can be controlled and stabilized. Yeah, I mean, I, I get you. I get it, yeah. Yeah, that whole thing was like... I don't know. You know what I think is the like the Achilles heel of this movie? What? I think it's studio notes. I think that somebody got to the producers and the uh, filmmakers early enough and said, here's all the things that worked in Dark Knight. If you want this much money, we need all these things again, but bigger. And then somebody else came in and was like, hey, this guy named Dan keeps writing me letters that the Joker's <laughs> fairy scene doesn't really have the right stakes. So instead, what we're going to do is the same thing, only the Joker's the on the boat. And that's yeah. how you get that whole last scene. Mm-hmm. So at least they got my letters. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get mine because Joseph Gordon-Levitt did not play the joke. <laughs> I mean, they got your letters. They just yeah, knew they were like, a bad like, idea. This is fucking They're guy. like, another letter from Travis. Oh, God. <laughs> Put it in the pile. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Put it in the pile. We know he uh, has good ideas about Jason. Womp womp. So much stuff going on. So much unnecessary action. I don't know. I mean, how many tumblers did he have? Well, they were they were they weren't I, his. I thought they that were the part tumbler, of the. I thought the department. tumbler was a prototype. Isn't that what I was told last movie? Lucius Fox collected all the prototypes from a bunch of different shell companies right. and was gathering them all under his control so that they wouldn't mm. fall into the wrong hands. He probably had a couple because he destroyed the one. Yeah, these were the prototypes he hadn't yet painted black. Just isn't like the bike, isn't the bike part of the tumbler? Yes. yes. The bike she was driving was from the first one that from actually the Dark Knight. When he, oh, right. okay. when he blocks an RPG the, with his me, car. Hit me. Yes. That one. Yes. That yes. seems. Do you like the way it turns and the wheels like roll over themselves sideways? Slip, yeah. mm, not terribly, but I get it. The bat was pretty controversial. I don't like. I don't like that motorcycle. Old George hated it. I don't like the motor. <laughs> I don't like the motorcycle uh, at all. No, really. No. What do you think no. about the bat? I didn't like the design of it. I like the idea of it. the The bat was. It was too big. Hmm. Um, I think at least it wasn't a whirly. I'm glad they didn't do a whirly. <laughs> I mean, it was a whirly. It was just an yeah, internal. Yeah, it wasn't whirly. a bicycle with a propeller. I like the <laughs> idea like that actual... it's like specifically designed to for like urban combat. Wheel. That was pretty right. cool. Like that's a good idea because yeah, you have the helicopter in Dark Knight that takes down, gets taken down by the wires, and so right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one will fly and in the, close. The maneuverability is really uh, a great design, but I didn't like the fact that it's just like a floating aquarium. It reminded me of. Um... I forget what the actual aircraft is called from the video game Halo. Mm. Um, yeah, it did have a Halo. It's feel. got that whatever that vehicle is called or that flying vehicle is called. It's like purple. Everything I didn't like about the tumbler was exaggerated in the bat. 
Like <laughs> when I first saw yeah. the Tumblr, it didn't sit well with me because I'm a I'm a Burton Batmobile mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, I love that sleekness, mm-hmm. but it's huge. Well, that you get in the Lambo. Yeah, but when I when they went the the Dark Knight Returns tank route, it grew on me. That car definitely grew on me, but mm-hmm. when I first saw it, I had like kind of apprehension. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm digging this." Yeah, the tumbler was definitely. I remember it was definitely something where I thought, "Wow, they really stepped out of the box mm-hmm. for this," and uh, and I did have to like watch it with a really really open mind in order to like not have it destroy the movie, even though I really had no background as much as you. I know what a Batmobile looks like, yeah. but like it was so opposite of everything else, right? Right. But it was it was cool enough to give me the Dark Knight Returns feel of the tank that he drives in mm-hmm. that, without looking like a Sherman tank. Yeah, like I was cool with that. But I I kind of felt like I I liked in the Dark Knight when he's drive when uh, Bruce Wayne is driving the Lambo and basically crashes it on purpose to save right. that that. Reese. Um, you know, the, the employee dude. When he was driving that Lambo, I got the Batmobile the mm-hmm. feel, like the sleek, like fast, long, like, you know, Batmobile. I think they could have done that. I know they stayed away from it, but the cartoon Batmobile has both. It has, actually, it has all three. It has the, the Art Deco of the original feel. Like that old stretch limo, you know, nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, like just huge mu- car, diesel car. Yeah, and then it has the tank feel because it's just it's not it doesn't have a lot of curves to it, but then it also has the sleek, like fast car look to it, like a dragster. Yeah, but this didn't have any of that. So when I saw that, I was like, eh, I don't know. And what I felt was the same way about the bat? What was this? Uh, uh, the bat is what it's called. This yeah. th- okay. So that I think it's a good example of how I feel about this entire movie. Like it's too, it's too big. It's too much. It's too, like it's just too much. Well, they made it big because they knew at the end it was going to carry an entire nuclear bomb. I get it. Yeah, but it's just it's just too much. I. I don't know, man. Like that prototype. Uh, I don't know. How does it? How does it? Like, how do you test it? You test it in like say Area Fifty One type place, right? How do you get it from there to the to a basement in Gotham without anybody knowing what it is well, or what it, yeah? Y'all, you already have to. It's like. <sighs> Suspend your, your... I know, I know. Because I, it's already a guy who has all this shit there. Like, it's not the military. It's... It, they're not doing it in Area 51. His building is Area 51. Like, he was making prototypes there. So it's... It, you have to test this thing, though. Well, who's to say they weren't testing it off the roof? You'd have seen it. It was so big. There's no way you can but, not know that exists if it exists and is flying in your city. Well, I don't know if they would have tested it in the city. This is all hyped. Everything arrived arrived in a crate. Like just like the the uh was the emitter from the first movie. It arrived on a truck, the microwave emitter. Yeah. So it's like they didn't test it there. They had it overseas. All right. Well, I guess maybe I'm maybe I'm nitpicking. 
It was too grand. The bat was too grand. <laughs> it's too broad. I think the word you're looking for is broad. It's just too the much. The whole movie was no. It it was too grand. Too much. No. It was more. It, it was cost way more than two grand. <laughs> no, yeah. Way way more than. That. It was just like it. I don't know. I I like what I like about Batman is that he is that he's not a superhero. That it is not. He's not like. It's it's the Batman Begins Batman. He is just. If he's just trained in martial arts. He's trained in, in becoming fear. Right. But at the end of the day, he is just a regular guy wearing just more than hockey pads. Right. Right. But the lore of the character he's is a, his, he's a gadget guy. His gadgets. And, it's, and, yeah, but that wasn't a gadget. But that is dude. one of Batman's gadgets. <sighs> dude, the, it's not a gadget. I like the like, gadget when, that he wraps around his knee and then it makes him no longer like. Right. It makes him 12 it, years younger or something. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't know. That was a good gadget. I gotta get my dad one of those. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get my dad if, two of those. <laughs> if, if you if you read the comic book, right? Yeah. Even when even in the eighties when Bruce Wayne became more like Nick Castle and not so much like Adam West, like he was major badass. You know, the the Neil Adams years. He and even into like the McFarlane years, like he Every time they show the Batcave, it's full of shit. Display cases of costumes, a giant penny, a dinosaur, a T-Rex, a stuffed T-Rex. <laughs> there's a bat. Uh, there's a plane. There's a boat. There's motorcycles. There's whirlies. There's all kinds of shit. So it's it's not unheard of for Bruce Wayne to have the bat. That we didn't see a bat boat. Thank God. Maybe the bat also can be aquatic. I don't know, but we didn't see that. Thank God. It's not like it's the uh, Schumacher Batman where we get the bat boat from the bat wing. <laughs> well, um, he he took the whole uh, the whole uh, ballet on his yacht. That was a bat right. boat. That was a that was heck a of a boat. What's that up? was a heck of a boat. <laughs> but I don't know. It's I kinda, not unheard of to have these these machines. I feel I feel a smaller machine would have been more appropriate. I I kind of even feel like you know like the oh I I don't even know what you would call it like that platform kind of glider thing that like say like Green Goblin uses, right? It is like a hoverboard. Yeah, is more. But you can't carry a nuclear bomb with the hoverboard. No, you can't. But you can with one that's maybe slightly bigger. It wasn't it a very big a, nuclear bomb. I mean, they could have no. What I they mean, they were hold, done... they were holding that capsule in their hands like they just picked it up. Right. The core was not that heavy. He could have just taken the core. On his little uh, green goblin hoverboard, and and <laughs> they should have designed the shot bat it. to look like a Harrier jet that you can ride, like something that's What's a Harrier jet, the, oh. the, the, the kind of uh, warplane that can hover, like the oh, it's called a jump jet, can take off first. Yeah, 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 jump jet. Yeah, so I, it's like it doesn't have. It's not like the Harrier chopper that has like the huge propellers that the Osprey. Can, Osprey. Yep. I think uh, we just entered like guns, 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 guns. guns, guns. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. <laughs> it's planes, planes, planes. Bats, bats, bats. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like the, the hoverboard idea, but it would have to be like a Harrier jet so that you can maneuver the city and carry a nuclear bomb and still look cool. That, yeah, I believe that thing is too big. Hey, speaking of guns, guns, guns. 
This yeah. movie violates the Die Hard rules as far as which guns trump other guns. Welcome to the party, pal. When the special forces guys drop in, inexplicably they have MP5Ks, which it's like, this is 2012. Like they they should have something else. But I love an MP5K, so I won't fault the movie makers for also loving that gun. But they get blown away by guys with G36Cs, which guys. That's a heck of a rifle, H&K, G36C. Mm-hmm. The diehard rules would have not let that gun win. The MP5 would have whooped him. What are the diehard rules? The weaker gun always wins. You know, if you have a machine gun oh. and I have a rifle, I win. If I have a rifle, you have a submachine gun, you win. If you have a submachine gun and I have a pen with a sharp edge, I win. What if you mm. have a handgun uh, Christmas tape to your back? Well, if you're going up what against you... a guy with a styrog, you win. What That's if you true. have a pin and I have a butter knife? Butter yes. knife wins. There you go. Wow. That's why I always carry a butter knife. <laughs> it's not that you carry a butter knife. It's how you carry a butter knife that right. bothers us. Oh, trust me. I carry it well. <laughs> Firm In grip. In my bum. <laughs> I have notes. I don't even know what if I said any of them. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yes, yes. Check. check, check one two, check, check yes. one check. two. Yeah, I said them all. So nice, George. I even, I even wrote Talia's death. Yuck. As the uh, <laughs> as the tales from as a tale from two cities ends, uh, there is a quote from the main character who, unlike Batman, doesn't get to fake his own death. He actually does get get killed, but mm. he has a. There's a quote attributed to him what he would have said had he not had his head lopped off by a guillotine. And says, I see that I hold a sanctuary in their hearts and in the hearts of their descendants. Yeah, it's nice. Kind of the end of this movie. Yeah. I think it's weird that they, they, they talk about it in interviews before the movie comes out. Hey, we're doing a tale from two cities. Hey, we wanted to go back to an old book. We wanted to go to great literature. And nobody in the press thought to say, well, what'd you base the last one on? Right. That's, that's strange. Yeah. That's a, that speaks mm-hmm. to the quality of our movie journalism in that era and now. <laughs> that it's just it's people looking for sound bites. They're not asking. It's a, it's a it's a void that we are filling. It's what we're here for. You know? We're so, class. Thank God that void is there. Michael Caine's speech at the end. Oh my gosh. He acts his butt Ugh. off this whole movie. He's so good. Holy crap. Holy crap. What was his that motivation crying? for leaving again? Because he was killing himself. He was basically... Because uh, that's the whole subplot, is that Bruce Wayne is uh, has nothing to live for anymore. He basically is a... Wa- he's the walking dead. Like, he has nothing to live for. He shoves away everyone that cares about him. And he's sitting around waiting for bad things to happen so that he can put the cowl on again. Yeah, so Alfred's like, you gotta quit this or I'm out. And he, yeah, he, You're already dead. He you're chooses around, the sauce dead. instead of the family. Gotcha. Okay. But and it's not what he signed up for. If I was to do the end of this movie, guys, I would do one thing different. I mean, I do a lot of things different uh, vis-a-vis Talia's death. But mm. <laughs> the mm. very end of the movie, mm. uh, spoiler alert <laughs> to everyone who hasn't seen the movie yet. But at the Tell very end of the movie, Alfred <laughs> is sitting at the very <laughs> diner that he talked to Bruce about. Yes. He's having the same drink he talked to Bruce about. The music starts coming up. I would have him look at the camera 
hell, you could do this. You could fan edit the movie to do this. I would have him look at the camera and do like a half smile. And then I would cut. Because we fucking get it. You don't have to I see I don't it. need to see Bruce at the table with Selena Kyle. Mm. I get yep. it. Oh, you mean keep the camera on, keep on the Michael Caine and just cut it the Michael same Kane. way they do. Just show me and him, him smile and then in the movie and I'm like, oh, you got to see Bruce. You, it could, yeah, it's exactly the I same as, as Michael Caine describes, right? Yeah. yeah. It's 100%. I mean, they probably shot it the no, same hour <laughs> as the other one. So it's, it's the same shot. But I just need but, to see him. I don't need to see Bruce. I need to see but, Alfred. But check it out. When in the first, the first time when Michael Caine's describing it, you know, you you see him and he th- it, it, the back of the guy's head looks like Bruce Wayne and then he turns around and it's not, mm-hmm. right? And he's sad. He's saddened by that. You're right. Just make him look up and, smile. and look like, is that, that can't be. And the smile and then it ends. And if That's anybody can do it, he could do that and sell it. Dude, you're absolutely right, Dan. Yes, I know. You're absolutely right. And my, Again, my issue is the Robin thing. I, What's your show with Robin? I I love that reveal, but it it opens too many questions because is he now a fourth version of Robin? The Robin that is not Dick Grayson is oh, not Tony see, T- is is not a as, Jason Todd as not a heavy duty Batman historian, but it's important to the story. Like it's like okay. He has his. They 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 subtly showed that he had history with this kid when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wasn't crime fighting with him, but there just wasn't enough there to make that reveal be so sweet to where it's like, oh, okay, okay. So that to me wasn't a reveal at all. No, no, because he inherited an entire estate. No. And, and a bat cave and a character. Well, because I no, I was watching the whole movie like, oh, this new cop that's doing all this, you know, footwork, all this detective work, boots on the ground work, and you know whatever. He, you know, he he knows who Batman is, and he's whatever blah blah blah. I'm like, well, he's Robin. Like, I watched the whole movie knowing he was Robin, and I didn't know that he was Robin. You know, really? Yeah. Well, and here's the thing for the. The Batman, the Batman historian nerd guy, I'm watching it thinking, okay, at some point he's going to be Jean-Paul Valley. He's going to fill in for Batman. Okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then after the movie's over, I realize, oh, he was the whole time. From the moment that Gordon says to him, you're telling me the Batman's gone. From that point on, he's literally filling in for the Batman. And it just hit, it took me a while to catch on because I was waiting for a cape. And then right. I was like, "Oh, the son of a gun! He is the villain for Batman the whole time. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a yep. Christopher the Nolan way too. to do that. Right. Yep, because that's a subplot too, where uh, everyone is Batman. And I watched movie. and I watched the movie, Dan, knowing from the time that like I just I watched it knowing he's 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 Robin, like." Hmm. And I think I the wouldn't game say is like supposed maybe... to be like, how are they going to make him into either Robin or Nightwing or Batman? And it's interesting the way that they did it because it's not the way that I expected them to do it. Right. But like, it tracks in a way that it doesn't really encroach on those other Robins that we know because this is a separate universe. Exactly. The problem I have I... with the ending is that the bat signal is restored. 
And so what that does, if you extrapolate a little bit, now you've got a John Blake Robin who has a bat cave and some resources, but he can't go out as Batman because that'll make people think that Batman didn't die. He can't go right. out as Nightwing to the bat signal because people will just say, well, Batman didn't die. He just changed gimmicks. So it kind of, mm. I don't know what, I don't know what it looks like with him as a crime fighter unless he goes about it in such a different way. See, I'm, I would have almost been happy if his name was Terry. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They had to make a choice which way to go with it, and they went with yeah. the, my first name would, isn't the name I use. Terry have been? Like, instead of calling him Robin, if they would have called, if she would have said his name, Blake, or whatever, and then when she gave his alias, yeah. instead of saying Robin. Terrence is a nice said, name. Terrence or, ter- or, or, or Terry, because the... Well, that would have went over my head. I don't know what Terry. But it would have it would have done the fan service that they wanted to do with the word Robin, and also tell the story of he's the next version of Batman. The problem with that is that twenty percent of the audience likes it, and the other eighty percent are like, "Wait, who?" Credits. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I would have that would have went right over my head. So I get what you're going for, man, but I think that's too 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 obscure. Yeah. Well, they could have ended it with the showing an old Bruce Wayne giving him a smirk or something. If, but again, most people don't know who he is. Yeah, they will because they're gonna they're gonna do a live action. It's with. it's weird how they did Robin, and it's different because like when I think of Robin, I think of like the the nineteen sixties yeah, Batman sidekick. where they're both in you know they're both in capes. And, and they're holy and they're, rusted metal Batman. T- <laughs> yeah, they're together for you know ages and ages and ages fighting crime together, right? And this was. You know, they were together basically for one event and they weren't ever really together. Right. They were working towards the same goal totally separately for one issue. But again, if you watch the movie, it's in the script that they had a previous relationship. Well, they had a previous interaction. I don't know that I call it a a relationship. Not a relationship like, like they were interacting all the time, but there's an eight year gap there that we don't know about. Well, but he wouldn't so, have to explain who he is so much. Because remember, he's like, oh, you know, you came into our place and you made a face and I liked it or whatever. It's not like they were hanging out and <laughs> same, Bruce just like, oh, yeah, you're the guy we hung out with for seven and a half years before I disappeared into obscurity. Yeah, it was, like, very, it was pretty clear that he didn't know who he was. But also that brings to mind the, the revelation to um to Gordon. When you know, like right before he's right before, yeah, Batman takes the nuke, you know, away and oh, the and and yeah, that's my favorite line. No, oh, that's so good. Too. Like it, it, it almost boggles my mind that, like, that Gordon and Batman have been working together for this long, and Gordon doesn't know the the real identity that Gordon is his father figure. <laughs> no, that. <laughs> Well, that's no, basically not that, he's but, Bruce's father figure. Yeah, he's ba- been. yeah, but like Gordon doesn't. Does Gordon? Like, yeah. Does Gordon know that Batman? No, is he has no Bruce idea. No. because he realizes right. it's better not to know. Right. So, like that boggles my mind because they they work together so much, and it just totally slipped my mind. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that like Gordon still doesn't know who this dude is. Well, that's what I think is so interesting about that all. scene. You know, I was talking about how the movie will like work for a little bit and then really not work and then work again. Hmm. 
this immediately follows a bunch of stuff that does not work for me as far as the acting and plot go. But then it is such a powerful line. It like it hits right in the mm. heart, right? You're just like, oh, my feels. But then I realize as he's flying off that we're back to the Batman Begins Batman who in two words could be like Bruce Wayne. And instead he's like, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that, that defines, defines me. me. Right? Like, right. just say your fucking name, bro. And he's doing it again, right? He could just be like, oh, I'm Bruce Wayne. Bye. And he has an extra 10 seconds to get away. <laughs> I don't think that would have worked. With the new. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as It's uh, an interesting powerful. character thing because it's just, it's such a reach back to Batman Begins, which again, this is a better sequel to Batman Begins than Dark Knight. Uh, it's just interesting that that's like a thing that they went with, but it's a great scene I, the way they do it. Although I wish he wasn't so when he talked like it, it kind of it that should have been a whisper moment when he's talking to Gordon. He says, you know, as simple as giving a kid, a, you know, your coat. That should have been. You mean a, you mean coming coming out of his like not using the voice at all, but le- using his yeah, Bruce Wayne. It voice? It should have been his regular regular whis- yeah, that whisper cool. voice. That would have been cool. I'm okay with both, but that yeah. would have been cool. Did you ever see the 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 college humor? Oh, with guy Pete Holmes. Oh God, Pete Holmes is the <laughs> best Batman. Shit. He butchers that scene so bad that uh, you'll never be able to watch the movie again. Wait, like, it, he, he's so inappropriate. We'll, wa- we'll watch these after yeah, the we'll watch show. It. Pete Holy Holmes crap. doing Batman is the best Batman on film. <laughs> I love Pete Holmes. <laughs> Even better than Bat Dad. It's yes, better oh, than way Dad. better than Bat Dad. Yeah. Bat Dad Bat is Dad's a, funny. He's not funny hack. anymore, he's but a he hack. used to be funny. Bat, yeah. yeah. Bat Dad was funny until he became like famous. Yeah. Now his kid's doing it. Yeah. But the first couple of years of, of Bat Dad is funny. But this guy's hilarious. Like he does full scenes. <laughs> and he does the whole oh, voice. The whole oh. <laughs> like way over to, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Really good. <laughs> oh my god. Guys. Oh, right. But my biggest problem with this movie is what you just brought up. What? Like, what it reminded me. The my two favorite characters in this movie are incapacitated for almost half <laughs> half the movie. <laughs> like you don't get Bruce Wayne yeah. slash Batman and you don't get Gordon throughout almost the movie. The whole movie. But yeah, the really good scene of... in the hospital with Gordon, that's when the movie really starts for me, is their conversation with the, the ski mask from Batman Begins. Again. And like, we're mm-hmm. doing this all again, right? We're making it clear. And then, you know, you left. It's like, oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's yeah. good. And Fox, too. Fox wasn't in it as much. Oh, and he was good when he was in it, though, man. That, like, oh, I'm yeah. just going to show you some stuff, just for old time's sake. Yeah, like, for old time's sake. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like it when the other guys do humor, and I don't mind it when Bruce Wayne does humor. I think my problem is when gravelly voice Batman is like hardy, 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 hardy. Yeah, when he's Bruce Wayne being funny, like when he gives the uh, is it is it Alfred he gives the eyebrows to when they're when they finally go back down and he gets his costume. When he walks past them, he gives them like a like a head nod, smirk, mm-hmm. and it's like they're just having fun. But it, like you said, it it fits well when he's Bruce. Oh yeah, but not he, so he asked. If, I think yeah. he was talking to Lucius because he he asked if he remembered where he parked. Maybe That's that what was, it was. Alfred. Yeah. Somebody he asked him if him, he like, remembers where he parked, and he's like, huh, "Yeah, I know where I parked." Yeah. <laughs> he's being kind of overconfident, a hole Batman at that point. Yeah. I'll take that. I'm fine with that. Now, where would you guys go with a sequel? 
Like if if the Flash movie were to interact with this universe, which I hope it does, only because if they do it well, it'd be awesome. But it, I also hope they don't because mm. it'll be a train wreck. Does the Flash meet Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Nightwing and be like, "Who the hell are you? Oh, I'm I, I'm Batman's replacement." What I don't want to happen. Well, I, I want I want Michael Keaton to be Old Man Batman for the Batman Beyond. Yeah. But I think it would be cool in the Flash movie if they showed Christian Bale old with a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Batman. But would this Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne, ever return to Gotham? Or is he happy to have like lived and now he can just live? I don't, yeah, I don't, oh, think I don't know. This, I didn't even think I about that. I don't think this Bruce Wayne would I've never thought return. about him coming back unless you did something like, and as we get farther from it, it seems more like possible you know, 10 years, 20 years down the line, an older Bruce Wayne gets some kind of, you know, indication from the newspaper that something horrible has happened and it's up to him to go back and put it together. In Batman Beyond, I believe the biggest uh, return was the return of the Joker, uh, but was being impersonated. It wasn't actually the original Joker. So they could... That was a good movie. That was a good yeah, because they technically didn't show you, and they only showed you what three villains in his entire career as Batman. Yeah, so he would who Christian Bale. Yeah, so technically they could have him had come back, and then they could show the Batcave with Maybe more four. more display cases to show how many villains he has taken on in those twenty years. Yeah, but Batman's done. You have to like I don't know. I have trouble with it because this Batman is done so like completely right like he's finished he's turned in his paperwork and he's taken his pension well it could be it could be uh levitt robin it could be blake's uh blocke his uh interaction with the the riddler (laughs) did you say blocke blocke uh i showed i showed gabe that the other day for the first time so now we've been watching it over and over and over again uh key and peel um so good uh aaron aaron Balake, Jaquelin. But yeah, maybe Jaquelin. maybe Joseph Gordon, Jaquelin. Jaquelin. Um, he could have display cases full of stuff, so you can see since this movie the other people he's interacted with. Yeah, you don't need. Yeah, cave. exactly. You don't need to show me every step he did along the way. Just show me where he's at now and make it believable. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. And and or he could be the Robin that was killed, and they reference in the Snyderverse too. Yeah. Because they keep referencing the Joker killing Robin and they show his costume but they don't ever show you who that Robin was. But I don't know. Now, have you it will seen be interesting. the movie Joker, George? Mm. I want to though. Mm. Mm. I'm fine with that. Mm. <laughs> I say we, 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 uh, I mean, it is bat month, right? It's going to be years till another Batman movie comes out. You want to just do Joker? Are you asking me? I'm asking Travis. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, and that also plays in the other two movies I wanted to do too. And I think it'll tie into this conversation. Like if he had seen it, I have a conversation I want to have now. We'll save that for the end of the next episode. Okay. Okay. So next week (laughs) is a movie. Should I act surprised? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. So, uh, 
I guess the natural progression would be to uh, watch a movie. That <laughs> that's always a movie. A movie. An acclaimed film that you have not seen, hopefully. Batman Forever. Uh, Batman Forever. Batman, Batman Forever. Forever. Which I love. Ugh, for it's awful. what it is. Awful. For what it is. It's a big pile <laughs> of garbage. For a piece of bi- a piece of garbage it is. <laughs> Definitely it's that. It's not a piece of garbage. It's like uh It's a it's a very it's, nostalgic piece of it's, garbage. It's for a Travis. very nostalgic piece of garbage. I mean, I was old enough to not be nostalgic about it, but I'm I'm just saying. It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. The fourth one, we'll never watch. All right, what are we watching next We are going to watch The Joker. All right. Now, you have not seen The Joker. I have not, and Do I... Do you have any idea who's in it, what, what it's about? Uh, it's Joaquin Phoenix, isn't it? I don't know. It could be Marlon Brando. Do you it think we ought to uh, go Dick's ahead Hanley. and watch uh, <laughs> two very specific movies from the 70s before he watches? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, oh, no, he, he doesn't have to. No, no. That'd I mean, be like nine hours of commitment just to watch Joker. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. But we can uh, we can talk about those things and suggest them later. Yeah, maybe a couple of clips. Because I had I had not really seen them either before I saw the Joker, and I was I was fine with finding out later that it's remarkable when he finds out though. I when I found out, I was like, oh wow, yikes. Yeah, cool. We could talk about it. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us at Facebook.com/slash Remedial Film Pod or Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. We'll be back next week with The Joker. Stay tuned for a joke that'll probably get us canceled. All right. All right, very good. Now let's hear that joke. Oh, God. Let's see if I can remember it. All right, so there's three guys. Okay. Crash land on an island. And they find out very quickly that the island is inhabited by cannibalistic. Natives. Okay. Am I allowed to say natives? I don't know. Yes. I think that's a Damn. technical term that's probably okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. So you don't you don't want to say right. right. That's the word you don't want to use. <laughs> natives. <laughs> okay. So they they're they're grabbed quickly by the the natives mm-hmm. and thrown onto stake and tied up. So mm-hmm. they're put on wooden stakes and tied up. Yep. And the the uh, the I guess the okay. The medicine man of the group mm-hmm. uh, comes up and starts dancing around them. And he goes up to the first one and he's like, Death or Bunta? And the whole crowd goes, Bunta! Bunta! And he's like, the guy standing there going, uh, Yeah, I don't want to die. So, um, whatever Bunta is. Bunta. And they're like, Bunta! And they run around him, and they grab him, they untie him, and they take him over on the side, and okay. they rip his clothes off, and they <laughs> until he dies, right? Oh, great. So the second guy's like, holy shit, to the third guy. The third guy's like, what the fuck? So then they run up to the second guy, and they're like, death or bunta! And the guy's like, oh, fuck. I, I don't want that. But I don't want to die, so he drops his head and he says, "Bonta," 
And they're like, Bunta! <laughs> and they run and they untie him and they pull him over to the side and they <laughs> until he dies. Oh my God. This so then they is, run up to the third guy terrible. and they go, Death or Bunta! And the guy goes, Death. <laughs> and one native yells, Death! By Bunta! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm and then, We can't use that. And then the third guy says, I'll have a Coke. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those bus stop jokes when I was a kid. <laughs> bunta. Death by Bunta. But that's what Killian Murphy says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when basically. He says that, I'm like, death by holy shit, oh they my took God. The, the, death, the death by Bunta. They did the joke. <laughs> and I was the only one in the theater who got it. <laughs> it was almost like the aristocrats joke. Yeah, no, it, yeah. I might keep that in with that? some no, very creative bleeps. Hear. You have to Google Bob Saget. No, we just need to watch that movie. Save joke. that for when we watch that movie. Okay. In memoriam Holy of shit, Bob man. Saget, we'll watch Holy Aristocrats. Shit. So good. I don't know if we can okay. release the episode, but we can definitely no, watch the movie. But Gilbert Godfrey alone is worth the price of it. Oh, my God, such a good movie. <laughs>